0: We have Cordy Buergen on. Cordy, I really appreciate your time here today, and uh, I'm going to direct everybody to follow along and download your book right now because I have a feeling we're going to be covering some ground here, some land today. Uh, we're going to cover some ground, so pun <laughs> intended. So head over to <laughs> vestright.com/land101, and that's vestright.com/land101, and you're going to be able to download the Payday Playbook there. And uh, Cody has said that that playbook he's giving away for free is probably going to give you more information than you probably can can cope with. I mean, there's a lot of information in this in this free download. So take advantage. So, again, it's vestrate.com slash land 101. And, Cody, I really appreciate your time here today.
1: Oh, man, thanks for having me. I appreciate it, Jack.
0: So I, I always have to start things off here. It's always interesting to find out your progress. You got into real estate investing. What what first got you into real estate investing? And then how did you find your niche?
1: So I got into real estate in 2002. And the way I got into real estate, before I tell you exactly how I got into it, what allowed me to even be open to the idea of getting into it, I think, is inspiration I pulled from my grandfather. So, so, like that picture behind me, that's my grandfather. He passed away when I was 15. So, I wasn't able to rub elbows with him as much as I would have liked. And that clock next to it is the clock he got from the Home Builders Association as the president. And so, um, I always, you know, I had, you know, memories of him. I've heard lots of stories about him. And so, it's just where I pulled some inspiration. So, real estate was was in kind of in my blood I guess you could say but uh, prior to 2002 or actually including 2002 I was I was in the floor and counter industry and interior design so I was I was in that industry for about 5 years right out of high school and uh, and so a lot of these home builders land developers they were my clients right so we would sell them product right we would do interior design for them and I just looked at their lifestyle their time freedom you know got glimpses of their fine, you know kind of where were they at financially and i was just at a ceiling in that business i was in where i was i was running the company i was the president i had a choice to either the next step was either to own a business own a store in that industry or you know kind of make that leap of faith and go after something different and so the stars aligned and And I had a gentleman that was a big name guy in town approach me and about the idea of doing some deals together. And, and so I just made the leap of faith, man. And I, and, um, and I went for it is, is, is how I got into real estate investing.
0: So, you know, I, I, I know for a fact that land and land development is very lucrative. I mean, that's, it's probably when you take into account the number of wealthy individuals that have, have come from real estate, it's likely coming, most of them are coming from land development. And, and frankly, we haven't had a lot of discussion regarding that on the show. So tell us about that first deal that that struck you and made you go, okay, this is, this is the niche. This is the, the, the situation here. This is where I got to go. First, let
1: me say you're exactly right. It's, it's, um, it's not a crowded space, you know, as far as a model in real estate. I think a lot of people see it as untouchable. You know, that, you know, you must have had a business handed to you or you got to have endless amounts of capital or so many people think the barrier entry is much higher than what it actually is based upon that the model we teach, right? So we don't only do this stuff. We also teach it at best right? So mm-hmm. my development company is called Allied Development. And two years ago, I had this um, desire to, um, I had this saying called PIF, Purpose Impact Fulfillment. And through purpose, you create impact. Through impact, you, you know, create fulfillment. I don't think fulfillment's possible without impact. I'll take it a step further. And I think that a lot of people think they're searching for happiness and that's not what they're searching for. They're searching for fulfillment. And so Vestrite was my way to kind of have an impact, right, through what I, my whole career has been. And, and and that's this space. And so Vestrite's really dear to my heart as, as it's bringing me more fulfillment than than basically most other aspects of my career. You know, the space, what, actually, I just went down a rabbit hole so much. I can't remember your question. What was your specific question?
0: Well, I was curious about that first deal, that la- oh, first, my first land deal. deal that made you realize that this was the direction <laughs> and real estate. Thanks for bringing me back. The
1: That first deal, I already knew the potential because I knew other guys in the space, right? So I sure. knew the potential, but when did I realize the potential as far as that it, it, it affected my lifestyle or my pocketbook is, man, I, I there was no education out there in this space at the time. So I learned what I learned through lots of questions, trials, and errors. But the first deal I did, I went and I remember it specifically, we went and put together a, a, a fairly large raw land deal off market in our community. And uh, we brought in a we didn't, we had hardly any capital at the time. Right. And so we brought in a, a large developer home builder at the time, and we inked a one page agreement. It was like back in the napkin agreement. I can't believe it now that I think about it, but it was that we were going to get a million dollars for putting the deal together. And I, you know, that was a, that was me and my partner both. And he was kind of a veteran, veteran in real estate more as a real estate agent though. We, We were both, you know, on cloud nine, I will tell you right before we actually received that payday, they renegotiated it. And I, I can't remember what our payday ended up being. I think it was, you know, mid to high six figures, which we were still flabbergasted. You know, if if I was to take what I know today and and, and be who I am today and put myself in that seat, I think the payday would have stayed a million. But, you know, they could tell how just over a static we were. And so they renegotiated a little bit, but the end of the day, you know, I had never received that kind of money, you know, in one payday, right? So let's just say my half of that deal was still because I had a partner at the time was still, you know, whatever it was. I'm just guessing. I can't, you know, like two fifty to four hundred or something. I don't remember, but it just it changed my life forever, and 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 uh, and really never looked back, and and have been riding that horse. With the reality for those of you that have heard about it or, or experienced it in you know 2007, you know things changed dramatically for our industry and mm-hmm. for most industries, quite frankly. And so you know I went from being a you know a guy that was in my mid 20s worth you know 20 million to a year later you know, still being in my 20s, bit, losing 90 percent of my net worth. And so you know I didn't I didn't um, go under. I didn't you know, but I I can tell you what. I was humbled through that experience and I learned a whole lot more losing the money than I ever did making it, you know, cause the money came so quick and easy that I took it for granted. I didn't even realize how I just didn't appreciate it the way I should have. And I wasn't, you know, I wasn't doing courses. I wasn't, didn't have mentors. I wasn't reading books. I wasn't, I just wasn't doing anything to, to grow, right? And I was just, I was a snot nosed punk kid in my twenties that was worth a bunch of money. And, and I just, I looked at it all wrong. And so, you know, going through that, that downturn really, um, was an opportunity for me to grow and reflect and and become a better person. So, so I don't want to paint it all to be, you know, roses, you know, that, 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 that was a hard time, but, but I'll tell you what, the industry is, is very lucrative and the model we teach The thing that's nice about the model we teach is they don't have the exposure that I did in 07, where you can just have your net worth taken out. So we teach a way to do it with low risk and low capital requirements to where you don't get wiped out like that.
0: Mm -hmm. So could we talk a little bit uh, before we go any further? I want to remind everybody veststripe.com slash land 101. So you can see what uh, we're talking about, what Cody's talking about here, but um, talk about like you, you keep talking about your, your model and what you teach. Let's yeah. talk a little bit about the land profile. What are you after? And then, so yeah, from day one,
1: good. If you, you want, there's more to that question.
0: No, why don't we just go there? Let's talk about the land profile. Yeah. What, what are you looking yeah. for?
1: Yep. Yeah. So everything we do, first of all, is off market. So we don't do on market. I mean, we do on market deals once in a blue moon, but majority of our deals are all off market. So we, we, we do and we teach how to identify, how to find and how to prospect off market raw land that has development potential. So we're not teaching how to flip ag land or how to You know we teach basically value add okay so we're not teaching wholesaling we're not teaching how to how to you know fix and flip or whatever we're teaching how to go find a piece of raw land that has development potential and how to take that through the political approval process to get a development approved on that land and that's where the value add comes in right so you take a piece of raw land that it's just farmland or whatever and you turn it into an approved subdivision and majority of what we do is residential, right? So subdivision work plat work, um, for detached or attached single family residential. With that said, if you learn how to prospect off market deals and you learned how that political approval process works, which is called land use process. If you learn how those work, the reality is, is 90% of it is the same. No matter what the asset class is. We happen to specialize in single family residential, but I've done multifamily deals. I can do store, I've I've worked on some storage deals. I can do retail, I can do, I can do whatever industrial, because so much of the process is the same. But it's just this stuff you you can't find it anywhere. You can't, it's not taught. And so that's where you know it's just it's so many people see it as untouchable. Uh, cause there's not a lot of education out there in this space. And I've wondered why that is. I mean, even most real estate agents, bless real estate agents, you know, I've had a real estate brokerage before. And, but uh, I mean, they're supposed to be experts they are supposed to be professionals. And whenever it comes to developable land, 99% of them are clueless and they almost have to fake it. Like they know what they're doing in order to try to bring value, but it's not their fault because there's no education out there on it. And that's why we started Vest right? So Um, But it's the simplest way to say it in one sentence is we specialize in off-market raw land deals that have development potential.
0: Sure. Okay. So let's, let's educate some of those because I have a lot of realtors that listen to the show as well. Let's give them some low hanging fruit. What are a couple things that you would advise them to, that they could use to identify this land that could potentially be used for development?
1: yes good question so i'm going to answer that and i'm going to give you five things okay quick five things but then i'm going to add on to that about the biggest takeaway for your audience or for real estate agents the biggest takeaway if you don't hear anything else i say today this is the one thing i want you to take away and that is how the terms work on the purchase of developable land because so often agents and people that don't know this space they try to structure these deals like a house purchase or whatever and they don't work at all the same. So we'll go there second. First is what's the property zoned or what is the what is the if you talk to the planning department of the jurisdiction it might still be zoned ag, you know, but but it can be rezoned for development. So one is what's its zoning, you know, the what's the what's the, the future zoning or the current zoning of the property? Two is, does it have access or is it landlocked? So can, can you get access to the property, right? Through public right-of-ways, through a public road. Next is what is the, where are the utilities, the public utilities, like sanitary sewer, right? Or water. Where are these utilities at? to go and do the type of subdivisions we do or an apartment complex or whatever where are the public utilities if they're 10 miles down the road that's a lot different than if they're right at the property right next is what is the topography of the land right so is it going to be a is it flat and it's a slam dunk development is it does it have have topography where it's really steep and it's going to be an expensive development or unfeasible does the property slope away from the utilities to where you can't make gravity sewer work to the utilities because the property sloped in the wrong direction? So next is topography. After that, it's, it's, um, it's uh, overlays. So understanding is the whole property in a floodplain? Is the whole property in a steep slopes overlay where the jurisdiction won't even let you develop it because of steep slopes? Is it in an environmentally protected area, mean wetlands or whatever it may be? Like there's these different overlays, different areas of the country, different jurisdictions that you might oh man this is a perfect piece and then you find out because um, you can't you don't you can't t- realize it with a naked eye but all of a sudden the property's in a floodplain or it's got wetlands or whatever and then and then the last is zoning which I which I just covered you know in, you know briefly there a moment ago so those are the five main things so zoning access utilities topography and overlays. Those are the five. There's many others, but let's just start with those five. If you can get past those five, then we maybe got something great on our hands, okay? So you brought up agents and educating. The biggest thing I'm gonna go here, and this isn't just for agents, this is for anybody. This is for you and me and everybody else. If you're gonna pay development values for land, because let's say that I'm gonna go buy a piece of ag land and just close on it right now, and I'm gonna pay two grand or five grand an acre for it. Okay. Okay, great. And I'll close it in 30, 60 days, just like a house transaction, whatever. Okay. But if you want me to pay development values for land, which a lot of times is eight to 10 X, what say ag land is worth. If I'm going to pay those development values, I got to make sure it's developable. And what I mean by that is just because it's got the zoning, just because it's got the access, the topo, it's got the utilities, everything looks good. It doesn't matter. Until you get the project actually approved, you get the jurisdiction to stamp it approved. All you have is ag land or farmland or whatever. So if you want me to pay development values for land, I got to make sure if I'm going to go pay for a diamond, I got to make sure it's a diamond. Okay. Right. Well, if I'm going to go pay development values for land, I got to make sure it's developable. And it's not developable until I get approval. Okay. So don't come asking me to pay 810x what, ag, what the as is value is. Without giving me the time for to close because I will not close without those approvals in place period no questions asked and anybody that does that I, I, I want to be careful not to be too bold or, or offend anybody but it's crazy. It doesn't it, you should never do it. It's just it's it's gambling to the nth degree. There's no reason to pay development values for land until you get the approvals in place. It's just it's it's crazy.
0: So it, it's just to confirm what you just said there, it is eight to 10 times the value compared to yeah. egg.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I give you after example, like I'll give you a piece of land. This is one of the rare times is that if you want me, if you want me to close on the land right now, okay, you, you need the money or, or you you, you won't listen to me or whatever. My whole thing is I have no problem. I'll close right now. No questions asked. But you know, the first thing I say is, you probably won't like the price, okay? Because here's the if you want me to close now, I'm paying you what the land is worth today, okay? Mm-hmm. And here and there, we we that happens. They 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 need the money. There's you know, and so we'll close now, and then we'll put it into our land bank division because with because we if we're gonna close, we got to We got to bank it because all we have is is ag land at that point, and then we got to go through the approval process, and then we'll. Turn it over into our other division of the company, which is the development side of the company. But um, give an example there's a deal that um, I'm just getting ready to sell. I actually, it's pending sale right now. It's going to close in April. I paid 25,000 grand an acre for that property and I closed it in 30 days or something like that. Okay. So here we get 25 grand an acre in that market. That's what I paid. Well, developable land. If they would have given, if I had the time to close on that, if I didn't have to close until approvals were in place, I probably would have paid more like 300 grand an acre for that land. Wow. Okay. So that, what is that? That's more than 10 X. So, so then what I did is I put it in my land bank division and now my, the development side of the company is now running that project through approvals and we have it sold. We have it sold to a large public home builder that they're going to close in April and, and obviously you can do the math. The upside's pretty substantial. Yeah. So that's just one example of the multiples.
0: So um, you mentioned that how to work terms when it comes to development land. So it's obvious that you, what you're talking about is leading us to this. What, what is, what is different here? I, I feel like I'm missing a piece is that in most cases, unless they want the money right away, you typically come up with some sort of terms agreement where you ha- essentially then have the time to get that rezoned yep. and, and then sell? Is, is that how it yep. works? So then you just, are you technically then essentially have a contract with the, the current owner, you get it rezoned, and then you at the end you have your exit strategy and, and everybody is happy.
1: Yep, that's right. So we teach five different exit strategies and five different points of when you can get paid. We call them paydays. And remember, when you exit a deal and when you get paid are two different things. They don't have to happen at the same time. They can happen at the same time or they can happen at different times. Understand that a developer or a home builder, the later in the process you allow them to actually give you your payday, the more your payday is going to be. So you might decide to exit very, very early in the, you know, you might decide to just get the deal teed up, right? With the property owner turn it over to someone like me. So you exit right there, but then you give me till later in the process for you to get your payday. And therefore your payday is going to be a lot more substantial than if you want your payday right at the time of kind of turning the deal over to me, right? Here's, I'm going to give you the basic terms of the deal. And then I'm going to explain to you why there's so much money in the model that I'm teaching without all the capital requirements or the risk. Okay. So those Mm -hmm. are the two things I'll try to cover. One is the terms of a deal. First of all, okay. So we go put it, we go find a property owner. They're willing to sell. And now it's time to lay out the terms of the deal, right? Is we always have a 90 day due diligence up front. You know, you can call it due diligence, call it feasibility period, call it contingency period, call it inspection period. I don't care. It's 90 days because we got to meet with the city. We got to do layout work. We got to get an engineer involved. There's There's a lot we accomplish in that 90 days. We figure out the cost estimating, you know, to actually develop the project and we got to make sure the project's feasible. So that's 90 days. And then usually we'll close within 12 months of the expiration of our due diligence and understand sometimes we close sooner than that. Sometimes we close later than that because there's extensions built into our contract as well. But, you know, right now we're in the process of scaling across the country based out of our headquarters in Dallas, Texas. And, um, you know, there's some jurisdictions we use every bit, you know, areas of the country we use every bit of that timeline. There's other jurisdictions where you can get the approvals twice as quick. You can get through the process twice as quick. And we don't use all that timeline. But that's the basic 90 day due diligence, close 12 months after due diligence. That's what our standard PSA says. And, you know, part of, we, we, we make our contract, you know, for a price, obviously, but available to our students where they just take our PSA and then they just uh, adapt it to whatever market they're in, right? But, um, so those, that's the basic terms as far as closing. More where I think I want to make sure you understand and your audience understands is how do they make money? How do they bring value to the deal? Okay, so most of our, who we exit to, are large publicly traded companies that's majority of the buyers on our projects but we also do larger projects okay you can go do smaller projects just as easy like i used to do and sell to locals or whatever you want to do but we're a full-fledged development company so meaning we'll close on the land we'll develop it we have a history of that we've even you know and, and we'll even go vertical We'll build the structures right the houses or whatever with that said i need to throw out that we stopped home building about six years ago okay and then we were just developing and selling the finished lots okay so we would put in all the streets all the infrastructure all the utilities right street lights we would put all that in that what's called horizontal construction or land development and then we would sell those finished lots to a home builder well as of late the last several years we haven't even been developing the deals. We haven't been doing the land development. We've just been exiting at approvals. Okay. So once we get the project approved, we will do a double closing or a simultaneous close where our buyer will close with us. We'll use we'll do a simultaneous where I'll use our buyer's money to pay our seller and we make our scrape out of the middle. And why are we doing this? Well, because what we can sell for at approval. There's not enough margin in the deal for us to take on the risk of developing the land. Mm-hmm. That's where the major risk starts, is when you close on the dirt and you go get an AD loan, an acquisition and development loan, a construction loan, and you got to put up 10x the capital you did to get the thing approved. And you got to take on three X the capital you did put in as in debt. So that's where it, that's how I got wiped out in 07. Is because i had all this debt and all this capital out on projects that i was actually doing the land development okay well because there's such a demand for these finished lots there's we all have heard of the housing shortage right and it's not going away anytime soon everybody is so motivated for those lots they will take me out at approval just to have and develop it for very little margin just to have the lots to build the homes okay so so that's what we've been exiting most of the time and Okay, but so here, here's where it gets, gets interesting. Well, Cody, you just mentioned a moment ago, ag land is whatever price and you're paying eight to 10X that for developable land. Okay, and you're not closing till approvals because you won't close on developable land until you know it's developable and it's not developable until it's approved. Okay, but Cody, how do you make any money in that? Well, here's how I make money in it. One is when I go do my underwriting up front, and I pay development values for land, you plug in a margin to, to develop, okay? You make money, you make a profit margin being a developer. It just happens to be though, with some of these larger companies out there, they don't need that margin that we put into our underwriting. And that's obviously a sign of the times, right? It's a supply and demand thing. Mm-hmm. Well, so they, they appreciate us for, for, for three main reasons. One, they wouldn't know about the deal if it wasn't for us. Why is that? Well, because it was an off-market deal. I went and hunted it. I went and found it, right? And, I, and, I, and I got, the property owner was willing to sell, okay? So one, they wouldn't know about the deal. It wasn't for me. That's got value. Two is they don't have, when they go do what's called a, a time value money calculation, time, you know, value money, that whole, that whole approval, due diligence, approval process, timeline, they don't have to put that into their equation, because that approval process timeline is all on my clock. So they don't have to deal with the time value of money elements of what I do. And three is these companies aren't known to be the most creative. You know, they're, they're, they have very str- they have a, their box is very clean box of what they have to work within their policies and their procedures. And they can't do much outside the box. Even if they can think creatively, their policies won't allow them to do anything creatively. And so, A part of the approval process, the political process, is to be a creative thinker, be resourceful, be able to do things outside the box. And and we're a big believers in win-win. What can I do for this property owner that hits their hot buttons, that makes them feel good about the deal, to where it's a give and take relationship to make it a win-win for the property owner and for me? Okay, These buyers of mine, they don't have that flexibility. So in some ways, I'm a chameleon, right? I can, I can do it for this for the property owner, but then I can go and speak the corporate political process or you know policies, procedures, this fine little box, this corporate world with my buyer. And so I'm a chameleon. And so, um, so what happens is I'm going and doing all the creative work and, I, and instead of them having to deal with any of that, I'm just delivering this pretty little project with a pretty little bow on it all approved, ready for them without them having to deal with all the stuff that we specialize in. That's how the value is created through those three main things.
0: Sure. So in the end, it's it's kind of a win-win because the the seller is getting more than just the value of egg land. Yep. And giving you the you're you're talking talking some pretty long timelines, you know, closing in, in 12 months, but we all have an understanding of how a government works and to get anything over the finish line, like you're suggesting rezoning, I'm sure takes some time.
1: Yeah. this What we are not teaching is not a get rich quick thing, right? But I'm also not making 10, 15 a house like a wholesaler, right? I mean, my average payday is seven figures. So it's apples and oranges, but then you also have the option, and this isn't a pitch, this is just reality, is we, so we teach all the way from how to do off-market prospecting all the way through that political approval process. We have courses that teach that. But more and more people have come to us and said, okay, Cody, can we partner with you? And I'm like, well, okay, let's, let's talk about this. What does that look like? Well, we just want to go do the prospecting. We just want to go find these property owners and tee them up. But we want your company to capitalize everything and we want you guys to run the political approval process. And... And so we kept hearing this. So finally, we created a new course called Land Prospecting Unleashed where we just teach you the prospecting and then you turn the deal over to us and then we partner on it, right? So I'll cut you in on the payday. If you want me to pay you when I get paid, that's where your payday is going to be most substantial. If you want me to just pay you right at the time you turn the deal over to me, I can do that too. And that's where you could compare it more to like, you know, house wholesaling or whatever because you'll just get a quick payday for turning the deal over to me, and the payday is still going to be more than likely much more substantial than a house wholesale. I'll just give you an example. Okay, examples are great. I got a deal that's closing, Lord willing, February or March, and a student brought me that deal. I've already sold the deal; it's it's pending. And uh, Lord willing, my student is upon closing that we're, they're going to their payday is going to be about five hundred grand. Okay, and what they did is they teed the deal up. We ran it. We capitalized it. We sold it. We're cutting them in on the profits they're gonna make 500 grand that and it's gonna change their life forever they've never seen that kind of money in their lives and and by the way that's emotional for me because that's talk about purpose and impact and fulfillment but say that student said no cody i just want the payday now right i'm just gonna want to turn the deal over to you i want a payday now i might have paid them 50 grand right so their payday is 10x because they're waiting to get paid they exited right up front but they're waiting to get paid when I get paid, but still even 50 grand, that's not a bad day's worth of work. And it's still, you know, whatever, you know, three to five times what the average wholesaler makes on a deal. So, but yeah, that's, there, there is a process to it. It's not a get rich quick scheme. It's, it's, you gotta be resourceful. Not everybody can do this. If you, if, if you're not willing to think creative and be resourceful and if you're not willing to put in the, you know, put in the effort, it's not for you.
0: No, and just so this will be a new URL for everybody, just so that everybody has it. When you said land prospecting unleashed, you'll go to vestright.com slash lpu for yep. that information. So we you got you got a lot of training material. I do available I do. for people here.
1: So yeah, we just it's been awesome.
0: Yeah this this has been a really an eye opening tape. Uh, you know, we could we could even touch briefly on. So you let's say you went through this approval process you know you got your team involved and in, and in, and the like have you found it you said it's it's pretty easy to to sell these property to to developers because there it's just there isn't enough available right now but yeah. how quickly are they on board and and ready to close
1: well they'll close simultaneous so i mean they still are going to do their due diligence right 60 90 days but what happens is when I'm in my due diligence of a deal, I'm also identifying who my buyer is sure. and putting them in place. And so they're sitting there ready willing to close simultaneous to when I need to close. And and here's what makes life easy as far as selling these deals. You knowing what the hell you're doing, right? <laughs> you knowing what's developable, what's not, you know how to structure deals correctly. I wouldn't I wouldn't suggest to anybody to go try to do this without some foundational education. Um, I had to learn the hard way through a lot of trials and tribulations and failures. And I also, my partner knew enough to be dangerous, but didn't, he got us in the door, but a lot of mistakes were made. But I mean, that's that's what's so exciting about Vestrite is there's, I don't know of anybody else out there teaching this stuff. I mean, it truly is a blue ocean. And, the, and the, what I just laid out for you, it's within reach for anybody. Okay. Because the, the perceived risk and capital needed isn't there. Right. Because let's say I, I do bigger deals, my average deal, I probably put 500 grand into to get it approved. Okay. But if I was to close on that land and develop it, that 500 grand capital needed, you know, cash needed would probably turn into, you know, four to five million capital needed plus another, you know, one to two X that in debt, right? Mm-hmm. And so you can bring us into the deal. We'll put up the 500 or bring in friends of family, right? Or bring in, bring in an investor. It doesn't have to be me. I don't care if it's me. I'm doing Vestrite to have, make a difference. Not, not, I mean, don't be me wrong. I like it when deals are fed to me, but that's not why I started Vestrite. It's just totally within reach of, of everybody. It, but it's, but it's, it's outside the box. And, and that's why you've, you've probably, you've never heard it. And I, and I, and, because very few people have.
0: Yeah, no. And anytime I've had uh, other land people on, it, it's exactly what you were talking about earlier is, is, uh, you know, flipping ag land to other farmers or, you know, it's, it's yeah. just been land flipping more than yep. anything else. So, yeah, this, is, this has been a great conversation. I, you know, and, and and frankly, we've just touched the tip of the iceberg here. So take advantage of of these free offers that uh, Cody is providing here. Vestright.com/land101. Get that download book, and and while we were chatting, I actually did it. There's some there's some videos there that you kind of unlock when you uh, when you grab that that uh, download book. There's a lot of information here, including how to get, like we just talked about, how to get paid, the magic math, so yep. controlling when you, when and how you get paid, ninja wholesaling. There's there's quite a few things and and da- information here just on this free page. So take advantage of this with any real estate investing. Cody's absolutely right. You know, you get get a little background, but. Let's try to avoid the analysis paralysis. You need to take some action on some of this information. Cody, I, I warned you it was coming. I, I really appreciate your time, but is there a question you wished I would have asked you here today?
1: And I knew you were going to ask that. And the main thing I, I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to touch on was the one takeaway and make sure you don't pay development values without approvals in place. But I'll tell you, uh, let's go here. What drives me? Sure. Okay.
0: What drives My you, life- Cody?
1: My life today has more fulfillment than it ever has. And in the last two years, I have been working diligently on personal development, humility, understanding legacy, understanding PIF, my little saying, PIF, purpose, impact, fulfillment. I have another saying called believe, action, faith, right? You got to believe in whatever it is you're doing. You got to take the action and then you got to have the faith realizing you're not in control what drives me today is, is giving back. Like I'm, you've heard people, oh, the more you give, the more you get, you know, and, and I never wanted to give to get, but the more that I focus on how I can, how I can throw down the rope, right? How I, can, how I can have an impact on other people's lives, the easier life has become for me and straight up, hands down, I'm living a more fulfilling life today than I ever have in my 43 years on earth. And it's because I'm making a difference. You know, I have this visual painting of my life. I call it my visual painting. And through lots of failures, trials, tribulations, I could go on and on about high school girl from pregnant to almost going to prison to you know to my divorce to my my that I have a 24 year old, a 20 year old, and I have a two year old, and just um, all these different things I've been through. You know, I have this visual painting of my life, and and that that drives me. And that that painting is full of words like legacy and purpose, impact, fulfillment, make a difference, serve, give back, you know, all these wonderful things where prior to that, earlier in my life, I also had a visual painting that was very money focused. Okay. And it was a man, it was a beautiful, vibrant painting. But as I started to tear that painting down The reason I decided to do that is because that painting was very selfish. It was very empty. Okay. There was no impact in it. There was no, there was no, there's just, at the end of the day, there was just no legacy. It was, it was an empty life that, quite frankly, that I probably would have self destructed in, self sabotaged. And today, focusing on these other, this other new painting that I'm creating for my life, it just drives me, man. And it's just, the emails and the comments and the and the difference that i see me and my company are making it just there's nothing like it it's just phenomenal
0: no you to to build on your analogy there uh you know when you were talking about building and pa- your your previous painted image yeah. you were you were painting with a single color you know that green yeah. that yeah. It's, it's all about the green it's amazing <laughs> how much more vivid actually things get when you, when you start to add, add a few other things there. So I, that, that was, you know, you, you talked about previously, this is the reason I asked that question at the end, because previously you, you pointed out a few of the very important things, you know, your, your PIF purpose impact fulfillment. We went through some actionable items for people that they can take some immediate action and and jump in. Actually, I think the best part of this episode is this last piece, the mindset and and building this image. I hope everybody stayed to the end because I I found that it was extremely impactful. I I really appreciate your time, Cody. You're always welcome back. I hope you'll take me up on that offer and uh, we can dive a little deeper into some things. I'd love to understand and, and talk to you specifically around an episode of you're talking to these land sellers and how those conversations go, because I'm sure there's a lot of preconceptions there that you have to get through. You have to educate them. I mean, that's probably a whole episode in itself, but really appreciate your time. I'll
1: drop you on that. And by the way, thanks for having me, Jack. So related to sellers, just the one last takeaway for this episode is what I've found to be the most effective way to sell is two things. One, build trust trust is number one and two is to educate. Okay. Build Mm -hmm. trust and educate. And through those two things, we've
0: had a lot of success. Sure. You know, that, that, that's the, even if you're doing house wholesaling. I mean, that's, that's, there's a lot to be said. I don't care what it is. Yeah. 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 Just so that they understand the process. Yep. Yep. So, well, again, really appreciate it, Cody. I hope we'll chat again sometime. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Have you learned at least one actionable step to incorporate into your real estate investing? If so, please consider returning some of that value by leaving a positive review, subscribing to our YouTube channel, or joining our growing network on Facebook and Twitter. You can find links to all of our social media accounts in the show notes. See you next time.